It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's like I have a debt to pay to them guys. We're going to win a Stanley Cup for them. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Brad Has Elephant Balls podcast, podcast, podcast. Okay, man, he did it. The rampage continues. He blew up Gus Fring, eh? Dude, Gus Fring is literally blown into smithereens, folks. Sitting on a wheelchair, ringing a bell, blown. Was he ringing the bell? Yeah, he was. Hector Salamanco was ringing the bell. But literally, we're talking, dude, fucking talking. What did we record? Tuesday? Two days ago. I feel like it was yesterday, but it was Tuesday. Yeah, it feels like yesterday, but it was Tuesday. Today's Thursday. Today is Cadre Day. And motherfucker is still on a rampage. Still. And we'll get into a whole bunch of angles on this, but I can't stop just thinking that, holy fuck, he's going off. Like he's this you the other day you're like water into wine. This is literally Phoenix rising from the fucking ashes, dude. Like, what is going on? This guy is is he could win GM of the of the year, could he not? Dude, at this rate, like this is it, the most this is the most insane offseason an NHL franchise has ever had. Like, and it's not it's not so. even close. You lose your two best star players. And your team is arguably better going into the next season. How the fuck does that even happen? Like, this is literally NBA shit. This is like he's playing franchise mode on NHL. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, yeah. We were all laughing because Huberto is almost a one-for-one replacement of Johnny Gaudreau. Like, the same player, but 
Huberto is probably even better, but we'll see. And then Kadri plays a different game. Hockey-wise, maybe he's not quite of a good play as good of a play driver as Chucky, but Chucky was playing on the best line in hockey. So what did Chucky's numbers compare to Kadri's when Chucky was playing on the 3M line? And we're, we're going off on the last podcast talking about all the seismic events that Matthew Kachuk has been responsible for creating for this team, for this fan base. We kind of just replaced Kachuk with another instigator, with yeah, another agitator. They Mike Gould tweeted it. It was like they replaced Gaudreau with taller Gaudreau and they replaced Kachuk with center Kachuk. Yeah, pretty much. So if you're comparing apples to apples, Kachuk to Kadri, and I think Kachuk's numbers, you know, the Gar breakdown is probably a little bit skewed because he played on such a good line last year. But if you take that with a grain of salt, how do these two players compare? Well, I think I think Kachuk is still the better two-way player. Um, for sure. You look yeah. at I think he's the better two-way player, but he doesn't play center. I think that's where this comes in as an upgrade. Is that and, who, and it's not even a question who the better yeah. skater is. Oh, exactly. Like you just because I think that was one thing that was kind of evident with the Flames last year, and maybe still is, is they have some guys whose foot speed is not great. And Matthew Chuck hits right up there. So you definitely did just get faster. And I mean, I, I that was absolutely a factor against the Oilers was the was the speed. Like yep. they could not deal with the speed of, of the Oilers. I mean, Kadri and his, well, I guess he got hurt, but in, in the game he played against Edmonton, he, he looked fine. So he's a much better skater. Look, I, I don't know if it's like who's better because I think obviously Kachuk is probably better and going to give you more in his 24 to 32 years than Kadri is at 32 almost for the next two years. Yeah. But I mean, I think the biggest part of this is the fact that he's a center. And now for the first time, the first time since when, like the nineties, dude. like when they had like uh, what new and Dyke and I don't know if Theo was playing center at that point. Probably this has been the flames freaking Achilles heel for as long as I've been around is that they just have never been deep down the middle ever. Like not even a one year. Was it like, yeah, they're good down the middle ever. It's, it's always been an issue. You have a legit one C, a legit two C, and now a legit three C. One, two, three down the middle. Because even at the height of Monahan being really good and Backlund being really good, it was still like, okay, they're still lower tier. Monahan was like a, a third tier, third echelon one. And Backlund's probably like a mid tier two. And then you have what behind him? Jankowski for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was that real? That sounded very real. Well, if it was, the timing was incredible. But <laughs> so we'll it's just it's always been a massive hole as Labardi is like so slotting. It's always been the freaking Achilles heel of this team. Like again, even back well, in, even back in the day with in Iggy's day, for thirty years, this team has not had this kind of center depth. No, we've been talking about it since we started this podcast, and everybody talks about it every season how important it is to have that center depth. And, I mean, it was really evident last year because that was kind of one of the weaknesses, right, going into the playoffs. And it definitely it definitely burnt us against the Oilers. Oh, it totally did. And I think I think that's maybe – do you feel better – maybe this is a rhetorical question. 
does this does these moves not situate you better for given your division and given your potential rivals in the playoffs and given your uh what what weaknesses this team's had this team had in the playoffs? I think so. I he think really, so too. Hubert Hubert's yeah, like Gould said, he's Johnny, but he's bigger. I mean, we all we know that the size does play a factor in the playoffs, right? It just does. Johnny still found a way to do it. Patrick Kane has found a way to do it in the past. But it's easier if you have the size and the strength to do what you need to do. Now, and then the other end, we basically, you replaced Uyghur with, well, you placed Gabranson with Uyghur. Uyghur, yeah. You upgrade a third-pairing D-man who played outstanding. And could he have done it again? Well, I don't know, but... Regardless, you have a legit. You're calling him a one, a one was top pairing guy. He's probably your one D, right? Yeah, top pairing for sure. This is like, um, fuck. <laughs> hey, what is going on? My head is spinning. It's pretty. It's pretty crazy. And I mean, okay, I will totally admit to you that, like, um, I think building a team because the like. It, it's no lie that the Flames have a lot of money tied up in guys who are older right now. Like, Kadri yep. is a lot older than Matthew Kachuk. Jonathan Huberto, Johnny Joe, same age. Um, but the Flames made a commitment to some guys who are older on the older end of the well, age curve, and they didn't commit long-term to a guy in Andrew Mangiapane who's on the younger end. So, like, I will totally admit that, like, as if I – analyzing this from the outside is like, hey, this is a recipe for, this is not a recipe for like long-term success, but no. I think we can all agree that like it was time for this, this had to happen. Something yeah. like this. Yeah. Like literally uh, I, I don't because... think we expected it to be of this magnitude, but this hat, these things had moves of this vein had to happen at this moment in time. Yeah. Because you hear it time and time again, you've heard it in this fan base and from this media is just like Brad Trilling was in win now mode. The problem with that has been, he hasn't, he hasn't been. It's like, yes, we know he is. And we are, we're supposed to be, but he's not making the moves. He's got his toe kind of dipped in there. Like, yeah, I'll trade too much for Hamannick. I'll sign Neil. I'll kind of do these kind of peripheral tinkering moves, but he he hasn't been all in. He hasn't been winning now. Now he is. This is incredible because this is what we've been harping on. And there are there look, there have been some people, you know, the, the Brad defender defenders that have surfaced in the, in the like in the past few hours here, right? The, so yeah. <laughs> once we lost Johnny, um, there was uh you know, Brad was doing his presser and like, who cares about this fucking dweeb? Getting I don't want to listen to him. I'm <laughs> I'm fucking heartbroken. Get him on my face. And so, so, you know, somebody tweeted that back at me. I'm like, okay, well, sure. Yeah. But like, this is what we've been advocating for, right? Because, sure, you can say we're in win mode, we're going all in, but you haven't gone all in. Finally, he's doing it. He's making the moves you were supposed to do because we're sitting here for the past two seasons being like, why do you still, why are you still paying Milan Lucic five, six mil? Why are we? Why is Sean pay? Monahan still on the team? Exactly. If you were literally going all in, how do you do that with fucking these saddlebags still? So he's shedding the dead weight. He's, I mean, 
Who were the top free agents going into free agency? The drawing Kadri. Yeah. Johnny Control number one. Fucking Nazim Kadri. I don't even know how he pulled it off, dude. Dude, it is it's pretty incredible because I always thought two things about Kadri. Number one, it was like, okay, why would he come here? Right? Especially just given that we lost Kachuk and Hydro. Yep. Um, and number two, it's like you would have to pay this guy way too much. And I do think, obviously, over the long term, it's a massive overpay. But, like, compared to what I thought they were going to have to pay him, it's not that bad. Okay, well, break us down the contract, how, what, you, what your thoughts on it, and the trade in general. Well, again, like, if you're asking me this as an outsider, I don't like trading a player as a cap dump with the first and then – using that money to sign a guy who's on two years, 32 years old to like a $50 unless million you're deal. In, unless you're in all-in mode. But you're in all-in mode. And again, it's it's not even that we're... I don't even know if it's that like, okay, hey, we are in all-in mode. It's like... there. What, what else? What other choice do you have? Your back's against the Yeah, wall. you don't have any other choice. Like, could you imagine if Brad... Tried limped to sell, it, limped in the next season. Exactly, like what was pro- we thought was going to happen. The Flames kind of limp in. That's a very good way to put it. Kind of make a few peripheral moves again, and just kind of like, yeah, we're going to just go with this same group. It's it's like you know, okay, we're going to give Monahan a try again for the nineteenth time. We're going to see if he bounces back. We made a few little moves here and there. Kind of try to still stay with stay in contention, or just like blow it up, rebuild. I I feel like there the fan base would have none of either of those. So this was your only option, and it was like an option that seemed impossible, and he fucking did it. So yeah, dude, it really seemed impossible. That's why I just keep saying, like, it, as an outsider, I I don't like the idea of you know trading a giving up a first to dump a guy so you can sign a guy to a huge deal when he's thirty to turning thirty two years old. But this works for me very well. Obviously, I hate to see it sucks to see, see Monahan go. This probably should have happened a while ago. I think most of us can agree on that, right? Like he's been a dead weight for a while, even though I love the guy. It's been it, if Brad really was proactive, he would have. I know he tried in like I think the 2019 offseason to move him to Columbus, but this needed to happen. It finally happened, and we still have like two million dollars left in. in in room to work with here. Like he, he could still make a few moves. Well, there's people saying that there is going to be more moves to come. There's still those room, those Lucic rumors. And you know what? Him. I, there better be right. Is that like, he is now one more shrewd move away from complete. He can, he can actually take the rest of the summer off. Right. Today was his birthday. He's doing all his work on his birthday. Today's his birthday, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was so funny because the Flames tweeted that out. I was like, happy birthday, Brad. And I was talking to some people. I was like, I wonder if he's going to get Kadri as a freaking birthday present to himself. But Dude. then it was kind of like it was looking like Kadri's going to New York. And then I, I can't believe he got him to come here. I really can't. So we're we were having a good laugh at that rumor that we threw in the last episode. Boy, was that accurate. Which one? Kadri here? Yeah, the one where he was down to Calgary and oh, and the York, Islanders. But it sounded well, like it was he was leaning toward Calgary. It's interesting because sometimes these weird Orange Julius rumors are true. Because this morning, uh, 
This morning, somebody tweeted out, uh, an athletic writer, Shannon Goldman, tweeted out that Kadri was going to be off the market today. And she's in East Coast. She's, I think she's on the East Coast. So I was like, hey, maybe it's the Islanders. But then somebody sent me like Kadri's cousin changed his profile picture on Facebook to a flames, a flaming sea. Yes, I heard that. And I was like, oh, interesting. And yeah, fucking turned out to be true. Well, those Orange Julius, they can't all always be wrong. Otherwise, we'd never listen to them. They exactly. Right They're, every once in a while. Right every once in a while. So I'm, I am I don't think there's any uh, intricacies to this contract, really. I think it's just pretty straightforward. I, I'm pretty sure a lot of it hasn't been confirmed yet. Um, that's what it says on Cap Friendly right now, anyways. I'm, I, I imagine he'll have some trade protection. I imagine there might be some... Uh, variation in how the contract is structured but as of right now it's just on cap friendly seven a year for seven years so we'll we'll await the final confirmation of the details before we break that down um, but do you have a sp- but dude like honestly like question like did you expect him to come in under like eight million dollars because i sure did it well i think most people where the consensus seemed to be they're happy with the the AAV, but obviously the trade off is you're not that happy with the term because I mean for the next three years, dude, this team's going to be fucking good. The fourth year, we're not sure. The fifth year, you know, it starts to decline in in your in your confidence in how well these players are going to continue to perform well into their fucking thirties, but that's a bit of the trade off. But this, you're right, like. This is when you overpay for these players in term is now when you're like, fuck it. We need to go all in and then we need to win now. Like he's actually making the moves to back up this whole yeah. premise of we're, we're in win now mode because, and to do it in, in while losing, like this is a fucking whirlwind. I mean, if y'all were to ask you to go back to where were you mentally? When Johnny Gaudreau was lost to free agency, was there any party like, yeah, this next season's going to be good? We have no. still have faith we can restore this. Not how about, at all. How about, if, like, well, how was it a week later when Matthew Kachuk says he wants to trade? He's not going to sign long-term. Dude, we were, were all, you in that yeah, moment? No. Was there any party like, don't worry, Brad, Brad Schuler has <laughs> got this. We're fucking <laughs> going to still finish, right? No, not even no. a shred. Like the pendulum swing of fucking just totally not wanting to watch hockey next year and and just feeling the pain of losing these two guys that you just fucking learned to love to, to watch play hockey to the excitement of like, holy fuck, Phoenix from the ashes, the rabbit of the hat, the fucking water, the wine from the water. Like, holy fuck. I'm, so, I'm like, I'm blown away. This is well, this is uh, Mad Brad. This is Walter. Fuck. This is Brad gone. Fucking Walter White. He's broke bad. Finally, he he's broke it. Pushed to the brink and he lost it. And dude, like that's freaking what I'm saying is like, I just can't believe he did it. Like, I, I nobody would have thought. Like you said, you know, like take yourself back, put yourself in that frame of mind. Where are you at? Where are you looking forward to the season at all? Like, thinking, what, hey, yeah, can Brad what, do this? It was, was like, your best case here, here's your best case scenario that, okay, maybe he can hit a home run on a Kachuk trade for futures. And 
you have one kind of measly the year and then reload the next year when there's bad money off the books. That was kind of my like, okay, best case for winning soon scenario or everybody gets fired and they blow the entire thing up and trade everyone and get Connor Bedard like that. Those are my two schools of thought. Dude. Oh, so we, I brought this up in the last one, right? Cause I said, we both were both like motherfucker has to keep going. You can't stop where you yeah. stopped. Cause the work's not done. I think the same to be said, but you're getting damn close. Yeah, you're getting close because again, if you look at this, cause the big thing going around is like, Oh, the, are the flames better? And it's like, I think they're better, but only slightly because of, of the week. Goudreau and Chuck are better players better uh, maybe the better way to put it is better point producers i think players than huberto and Cadre. but you have Uyghur now well i think huberto and fucking johnny has been washed it and and the fact that Cadre plays center so let's say exactly. huberto goudreau are a wash and obviously chuck's a better player than Cadre, but he doesn't play center it's it's not a wash but it's it's pretty damn close in terms of what this team needed up front. But then you throw in the one D you throw in Uyghur, a top pairing defenseman. But if you really want to get better and be like, we are better than last year, you still yeah. need like one more guy up front. Yeah. But it sounds like, I mean, I've seen on Twitter today, there are people saying that's what the report is. Brad's not done. Don't be done, Brad. So what's the next evolution in Breaking Bad that Brad needs to get to? Because he just well, I think there. Walter just goes off the freaking deep end and just goes nuts, doesn't he? He kills Gus Fring and then says he won, but then I can't remember what happens after that. He goes wild. His family won't talk to him. The, the DEA finds out what he's up to. He ends up getting his brother-in-law killed. I don't know if I like this. There's this is going. Brad's gonna go. <laughs> Brad's gonna go too. He's gonna oh, go dude. too far. Dude, if it's anything like the he movies, can't stop now. Shit. Okay, he's got trading Lucic. Can you imagine if he just okay, like fixes everything? But it sounds like like there's there's a bunch of rumors out there that Lucic has been shopped around and there's interest. What do you think of giving up the first? I know there's a lot of conditions on it, and it might not even be official yet. What do you think about giving up the first four? Sean Monahan, I know he didn't want to give up this this upcoming draft. Yeah. Which was smart. But what do you think of the trade? Well, again, in out of context, you never like to do that, right? <laughs> yeah. You never want to dump a guy. And I mean, okay, let's let's play a game. I think in theory, in my mind, just walk through my thought experiments, people. Don't get all freaked out and mad at me. In theory, in my mind, I, I honestly think that maybe you could have gotten away with trying Monaghan again after surgery and not spending that much money on a guy who is as old as Kadri, and maybe that have, would have worked out. But again, that's the question. Brad can't have a maybe this year. He can't exactly. be freaking crossing his fingers. Oh, no. Monaghan's going to bounce back, please. He's going to be. It's like you can't do that. No, because if he didn't. You're fucked. Exactly. It's like way it's you can't have your entire season contingent on if Monahan bounces back. You can't have any more freaking question marks. It's like, well, if this like that year after the year in the bubble where I was like, there's so many. So it's like, okay, well, this guy has to play really good and this guy has yeah. to bounce yeah. back. And well, if this guy doesn't get hurt, it's like you can't run a team like that. You have to 
be solid as shit heading into this season. So I think this trade works out for everybody. The fact that you use the first from the Florida deal essentially means you ended up trading what Monahan Kachuk for Huberto, Uyghur, and Schwint. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Well, he didn't have to retain any salary on Monaghan, so... That's the other big thing. And he makes more than Lucic, so it frees up more space. And, I mean, you can argue that Monaghan's obviously a more useful player than Lucic. No, but, I mean, can't. At, at this point, I don't even dude, know if he is. Dude, to finish that season, no. Lucic was more impactful than Lucic Monaghan. was more impactful in his role and had a role on the team. Monaghan yeah. doesn't have a role. Even if he bounces back in Montreal, which I really hope he does because I love the guy... He he didn't have a role on this team anymore. He used to be me. He used to be me out there. Well, yeah, I love Montreal. Yeah, it's gonna start on October with Montreal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a fresh start here, and we're looking forward to it. Uh, and, yeah, I yeah. haven't watched his presser yet, but I can't wait. Dude, I cannot fucking wait. <laughs> I saw the tweet they put out, and he's on there smiling like a goof. I think out of the three players, and this is this is this is wild, man. Who would have, I mean, somebody tweeted today, I don't know who it was, but they're like, there's people out there that have a Matthew Kachuk, Sean Monaghan, and Johnny Gaudreau jersey in their collection and probably never would have fucking thought that all three of them would be gone in one offseason. It's crazy. And then somebody added, don't forget Geo, because they had a Geo jersey too. It's like, dude, this is like the top four core. The only guy left is Backlund now. The top, the top five players on this team for a long time, Kachuk, Monaghan, Gaudreau, Brody, Gio are gone. Gone. And but we're slightly he, better. We're slightly he, better. Here's the craziest. Rasmus Anderson, behind Michael Backlund, Rasmus Anderson is the longest tenured flame. Oh, fuck, dude. <laughs> time, things change fast, man. Because, I mean, that's what's so crazy to me is like, how long have, has everybody been, oh, this core... Make a move. Make one move. You got to ship one of them out. And they're all gone. Every yep. last one of them. And I mean, again, as much as it sucks, and like, I think the Monaghan one kind of hit different today because it was like I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't expecting to – oh, another one? Another one of my favorite players is gone? Dude, I'm so over Monaghan. Yeah, I think that's months. where we've all been at for like – like I said, it was overdue, like by two years probably. Yeah. Um, But it does – feel i think it feels good for the fan base it feels good it doesn't feel good but i'm excited to not have all that shit and all that baggage heading into the new season for once yeah well it's a fresh start in a lot of ways but you know you know you you know you still have daryl you still have the remaining guys coming back from last year that played a great season it's like (sighs) there's so much more intrigue than what the questions would have been if this team had been similar. It's like, okay, hey, Mon- are we going to have the fucking conversation if Monaghan's going to bounce back again for the nine billionth time? Are we going to have the conversation about how Johnny Gaudreau sucks in the playoffs again? Are we going to have the conversation about how Matthew Kachuk stirs shit up too much? It's like, there's none of that. I'm just kind of like glad to be like, okay, new. This is totally a new. We don't have to carry any of that over. New, any of that new, emotional New storylines. It's not repeating the old storylines for the fucking eighth billionth time. Exactly. So the conditions on this pick are pretty insane. I'm not going to bore you with the details because it's you can find it online. But it is, uh, I think it's like pretty protected in terms of like the Flames if they were to, they, they're not, they won't be missing out on a, a higher pick, I think is the general idea. 
Okay. And I know Brad did not want to give up a 2023 draft pick. Because um, this year's draft was this year's draft is freaking loaded. All I gotta say, dude, is if the Flames can repeat regular season success, and if they can repeat and dude, if you can get to the the third round, no, there's no way Brad's not the GM of the year. Dude, are you like again? Like this is this is unprecedented in NHL history. I I'm sitting here like fuck. I'm this is this is my fucking GM finally. Like fuck. Right. Well, this is the guy we thought we like again for everybody who thinks we're tree living hater, and I mean that's true to an extent. It's just because he's done dick all for seven years. Like when he first got on the job, he's making great moves. I liked a lot of what he did for the first few years, and then he just kind of got like fucking lost in the woods apparently for like six he's years. Just fucking honestly, too much of a nice guy. Yeah, that's, he's way that's too nice. That's what happened. He just became way too nice. Just needed to take a couple pot shots, and now he's fucking. No more Mr. Nice Guy. And I mean, like, okay, like, here's his, here's his offseat. Like, he's the first GM in history to execute a sign-in trade. That's crazy. The Matthew Chuck trade is the first time in the NHL a sign-in trade's ever happened. Yeah, that's interesting. This The Kachuk trade was also the only time other than the Wayne Gretzky trade that 200-point players have been swapped for each other. Fuck. So that trade alone is, like, that's the, dude, that's the biggest hockey trade since Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? What else is bigger? Holy fuck. Yeah. Like, what else is bigger in terms of parts the only both ways? Brad's balls? Hey, it's, yo, it's time. Like, we've shit on Brad Tree Living quite a bit. <laughs> so, hey, hey we'll And I've enjoyed credit. doing it. Oh, yeah. I think everybody Oh, no, has. I've been more frustrated about it than enjoying Everybody has, but... When credit is due, we will definitely give it. Look, and this could very well all blow up in his face. Oh, right? yeah, easily could fucking sink the ship. But at least but at here, least here's my thing is like yeah. you opened it up, right? If we're in win now, win now mode, fucking act like it. Right. I would, it's, like that, yeah. it's like that seeing nothing but trouble. You got a BMW. Act like it, bro. If you're in win now mode, act like it. I would rather we're, the sink. We're ship. going all in. Fucking make some all in moves. He's going down swinging right now. That's right. Going down swinging. I would rather lose. I would rather the sink ship by a fucking like cannonball destroying the freaking mast. And it just the ship just sinks in five seconds rather than like a small hole poked in the freaking hull every exactly. five minutes. And I'd it sinks over 10 into years. the front of a fucking iceberg. Right. If right? like if you've ever been a farmer, it's like the worst thing you can do is like kill an animal slowly. Right. It's the worst. Just, just fucking blow just brains do up. it. So. Let's go. It may Is blow he, up. It may maybe, blow up, but I'd rather have it blow up than die by a thousand cuts. Maybe this is a possible analogy. Brad's like a boxer, right? Where he's, you know, he's boxing. He's kind of just, he's hasn't thrown many punches. He came out swinging in the first round, right? Then he was gathering himself and then he was kind of letting, letting the other opponent away with too much, being too nice. And then the, the opponent did a cheap shot, right? In round seven. He blow the belt and it fucking pissed him off. And now he's fucking going on a rampage and fucking how many rounds are there in boxing? I don't even know. Late, know. Last round, whatever. He's fucking going on a rampage and he's about to knock this motherfucker out. That's kind of what it feels like. And I mean, I think obviously Kadri's a little older, but like frick, dude, we've need the the thing I 
would have said before the off season is like, I wish he didn't have so many points because he's exactly the player we need. It's just the price point is going to be too high, but still he's the exact type of player. This team has needed forever. Oh yeah. Fuck dude. Just, just having one, two, three C. Yeah, exactly. All that alone is just like, wow, what a fucking, it's been taken forever. Like, like honestly, our center depth has never been like this ever. Do you want to touch on anything from the from Brad's presser today? I didn't haven't listened to it yet. Um, I know you're fucking Eric Francis. Was... Well, it's so ridiculous. I don't know when. I guess since Francis was like accidentally right about Johnny Gaudreau leaving town, he gets like first. Oh yeah, no, he he's gets... the fucking he's the top notch guy now. Eh? It's unreal. He's probably, he's probably walking around town just fucking floating on air still. Hey. Eh? Like, how fucking much bigger is his ego right now? Man, dude, it's ballooned. I didn't think his freaking head could get any bigger, but it's, like, ballooned right up. But the first question, first question goes to Eric Franz. Hey, Brad! It's me, guess who? Just like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, I got to talk to this dweeb. What is, so what is Francis asking? Oh, I don't know. He was trying to get Brad. He was trying to bait Brad on, like, get back to the he was like oh so you've been chasing kadri for a long time now what took so long and brad's like well what do you mean like just in free agency and you could tell francis wanted to talk wanted him to talk about like back when they tried to trade for him so brad's like what do you mean like just in free agency yeah yeah well i I don't know if it was kadri himself or where it was from his camp but what I saw the explanation was is that he wasn't lying when he axed the trade to Calgary. Yeah, I guess not, which I honestly thought was bullshit at the time. Yeah, well, we called it bullshit, but yeah. He axed the trade because he thought if he did that, he could still play in Toronto. That's what he wanted. It wasn't because he didn't want to come to Calgary. He didn't want to leave Toronto. That's what he said. Did they ask him that on Hockey Night Canada or something? Because that came out. That came out a while ago, and I still really didn't buy it. To be that honest, that was when when he came to Calgary, he was getting the booze, right? Maybe it was around that time. Remember when Gio freaking nailed him? No, I forget. You don't remember that? No. Gio open ice just flattened him like one of the biggest open ice hits in Calgary. Know, in Calgary, and Kadri got suspended because he was doing the throat gesture. He's like, "I'm, you're dead," and he's like, "Cut." He's Oh, that must have been ages ago. Yeah, it was like 2015, maybe. Oh, yeah. Okay, no, that's what I forget. Yeah, so, fuck. Obviously, he was telling the truth. Decided to come to Calgary. Put his money where his mouth is. Fuck, man. Yeah, I that's it. What... I just, it's weird because, like, you know, when everyone was like, not that, not that, like, we're like Columbus, you know? What did you think the chances were that we were going to I didn't think Calgary? we were going to get him at all. I don't even think I did. I never even really took it seriously. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I, I don't know why he, like, obviously money plays a large part of it, but it's just like, I really thought he would have just held out and seen if Colorado could make it work. But, and like, I, I just, I don't know, being, being a guy from the East, it's just like, I didn't see it happening. I just, it never occurred to me that it would be like at something that would be like, it, it felt to me like one of those things, yeah, the Flames would kind of be in on it until the end and then not get them. Fuck. All right. You want to do any um, – we did a little tribute for tribute for um, 
13 and 19, maybe we should spend a little time on 23 or what? Oh, yeah. Oh, the one other thing I did want to mention is Friedman was on Steinberg, the, the Pat 960 network. All 960 is now just Pat sitting in an apartment with his laptop and a, and a mic all day. That's all that it is. But um, anyways, that's the, that's the new studio. Eh? Yeah, it must be like he's... <laughs> um, Friedman said that because um, Steinberg was like, like how, like this is unprecedented. How, how did this come together? Like this is crazy. And Friedman said his sense was that as soon as the flames realized that like Florida came to them with kind of like the Huberto weird offer. No. And as soon as, as soon as they realized the kind of players they could get in a Chuck trade, it was kind of like uh, activate mode for Brad. And it was like, Hey, we can, we can still, we can, we can salvage this. We can still like get shit done this off season. So, so, we, of, so Brad doesn't really deserve all the props for that trade. Then. Well, I, I don't know. If, I don't think Friedman was just saying like they came to the flames just like unprovoked, but generally what he was saying was after they kind of like discovered that they could, you know, get a player of Huberto in particular's caliber out of a Matthew Chuck trade, it kind of changed how they were going to go about their business. Um, and you can even tell that, right? Like Brad was talking about like after the Johnny thing, he was like, Oh, we're not going to make any knee jerk reactions. We're going to be careful. So I, the, the Huberto trade triggered Brad's freaking madness rampage spree, which I find interesting because obviously, you know, strategically you kind of thought the flames might've gone in a bit of a different direction, but, it was green light. As soon as they figured, if, as soon as they were able to get Huberto, it was like green light go. It's interesting seeing this. Um, I mean, it, it, there is definitely an end of an era happening, right? The fact that both Monty and Johnny are gone together in the same off season, not going to the same destination, but they're both leaving at the same time. It's kind of weird. Do you think? Because that's weird. This era of Monty and Johnny, you know, you associate with being an excited Flames fan for like the first time in a long ass time. Now they're leaving, but it's see, I don't know. Like you said, it could blow up in our faces, but it would appear right now on paper that the the era is going to be replaced with a new one of just probably even better. Like what? What can we expect to happen here? Well, next? I think it's going to be different because we're not growing with these players through their like through the ups and downs of being a shitty young team. It's kind of like Brad has squeezed out like this new team that like is ready to contend right now. Fuck, it's really interesting, dude. It is really interesting. <laughs> Like I, I honestly, I can't think of another a comparable situation in hockey where this has kind of happened. Like this is crazy, dude. We got Cadre after getting Uyghur, and, and I know, yeah, I know, <laughs> and I know everyone wants to say, "Oh yeah, Cadre had one good year with the best team in the league." It's like no, he has been a really good player for a really long time. He's he's probably not a hundred point scorer. I don't think he is. He's prorated, but he's been a really solid player for a really long time. And I mean, listen, like depending on where you want to slot him, 
You're telling me he's not going to put up similar point totals this year? Well, who do you think his linemates will be? I don't know. Like, I think it's going to be fun watching Daryl Iron. That's what I was going to say, because a lot of the times one of my activities I like to do is like come up with different line combos. And now you don't even bother. Now I don't bother because like I'm like, Daryl's going to have something perfect. So I don't even care. I just leave it in the Lord Daryl's hands. (laughs) Lord Daryl. (laughs) Because like in my mind, I was like, hey, like I I think you you would assume like Huberto Lindholm somebody and then Kadri Manjapani somebody and maybe like you've seen them kind of go in those tandems before. I, Sonny, I'm not sure. Sonny Milano. Have, Sonny Milano. Sonny Milano would be fucking perfect because I think they do because I think the one guy who's kind of a mismatch still in here is Toffoli and I'm not sure what to do with him yet. Do I? Yeah, I forgot we had Toffoli. Yeah. Do you see him being a top six or mid? I don't six? know because okay, if 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 you just laid out, he must be training right now, right? If we're on that foot speed, fucking better be. Um, if you if you just kind of think about it, a quick scan. Okay, top line, maybe you go Huberto, Lindholm, Toffoli, and then second line, Kadri, Mangiapane, Coleman, Oof. Milano, please. That's a tough second line to play against, eh? But in my brain, I kind of think that like Kadri is a playmaker. Like he shoots a lot, but he's not particularly like a big time goal scorer. I think his play, I think his playmaking is, um, his passing ability is kind of like the main bread and butter of his game. It's the what? It's the thing he's most elite at. I think probably Defoli and uh, Huberto might be a good combo. Yeah, because I think it was made very clear Defoli needs somebody to get him the puck. Yeah, um, so he can snipe, but. I, he didn't look very good on I, uh, but who would look good on a line with like who did he play with there? Monahan and Dubé? I thought it was yeah. pretty bad there for a bit. Too. Mm, wasn't great, wasn't great at all. So I, I don't know how it's going to shake down. I know the Flames have a really good trio in Manjapani, Coleman, and Backland. Um, but I think you want Manjapani's playing in your top six this year. So if Backland's slotted in on your on your third line, maybe maybe bump Manjap. I don't know. If you want to recreate what the Gaudreau line did last year, the best way to do that is Hubert Lindholm, Manjapani. So maybe then you go Kadri, Toffoli, Coleman, Dubé, Sonny Milano, Evan Rodriguez, somebody. He's the, he can't be done yet. I mean, one more guy. We you need, need, one, you need one more guy. You need one more guy. You need one more guy. <laughs> Dude, like, I'm getting if greedy you... now. Well, fuck. Now we're now we're salivating, right? It's just like, yeah. All, but if all you... I know is Daryl will have the line combos just just nice and prime. Now, do you miss? Obviously, fucking Lucic is not worth the contract, even with the toughness. Um, I don't know. I think you move him. Move you move Lucic. Dude, if you, you could move more. him, do it. It sounds like fucking. Where do all these rumors come from? They're not just fucking popping out of nowhere. We, we've never heard Lucic rumors, right? The only thing Lucic like reposted a goodbye Sean Monahan thing today. So maybe the, I don't know. Does that tell you anything? And I know Daryl loves the guy. So I, I remain skeptical on the Flames' willingness to part with Lucic, but it would sure it would sure benefit them too. Let's give Monahan some love here. I mean, it's hard to, to think about any Monahan moment without thinking about Johnny Gaudreau. But oh well, you know that rookie season he had, he had some good moments. I remember he scored a shootout winner against Winnipeg. 
Oh, I didn't, dude, I don't even know how much that season I watched, to be honest. It was a long time ago. I think I was living in California, so <laughs> it was hard to get Flames games. It was a long-ass time ago. Um, Johnny wasn't even on the team yet. Mo- the thing that's kind of – the thing with Monahan is it's this era of T. I know Backlund's been here for longer, but this era of the team started with him in earnest because – yeah, he, he was picked six overall in 2013. It was kind of like him and Berchi at first, and then it was clear Berchi sucked. Then it was him and Johnny. So I don't know. Well, he at first he played with what was the guy? <clears throat> who am I thinking of? He that? played with Hoodler. Well, no, the guy they called him Boring Sean Monahan. Oh, McGratton. McGratton, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're right? gonna lose Boring Sean Monahan now too. That's okay. He was kind of boring. Yeah, he was only good for a little while. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, you know, he's gone through. Well, how long was he a flame? Eight years. Fuck. Can nine, you believe that? Nine years. Dude, can you believe that? Nine no, years. It's freaking crazy. And how it ended. Yeah, dude, if you look at that freaking team on Monahan's rookie year, oh boy. Yikes. So, <laughs> Yuri Hoodler leads the team in scoring with 54 points. <laughs> Mark Giordano second with 47. Uh, Mike Campbell, this was the year they had Camillary and didn't trade him at the deadline because Brian Burke has some weird hang-up about like, not just trading guys for nothing. Um, Sean Monaghan is fifth on the team that year with 20, 22 goals and 34 points as a 19-year-old. That's a rough-looking team, though. Dude. You, you had your you had your Sven Berchies, your Kevin Westgarths, your Lee Stempniaks, your yikes. Well, I mean, we'll always remember Mr. Overtime. Like, what was that stretch? Like three or four years? Well, yeah. Where he was just fucking so money, so clutch. Money hands, dude, was the fucking nickname. I think and it's sh- obviously since how it ended, it's kind of like, you know, you remember the be- you want to remember the best of somebody, but it's like the last three years have been just such a freaking drag for poor old Sean Monahan. But there, there was that stretch of time there where, like, man, he was good at scoring goals. Like again, he beat Nathan McKinnon to two hundred goals. He was the fastest out of his draft class to get to two hundred goals, which seems mind blowing now. Remember that goal against uh, Colorado? Where I think it was eighteen nineteen. Dubé toe drags McKinnon. Or was it early the next season? Yeah, Dubé toe drags McKinnon in overtime, feeds it to Mona, and puts on the Jets. I've never seen him skate so fast. Yeah. And just roofs it. Fuck, he was so clutch for so long. Yeah, and then just fucking fell off a cliff. The the To me, the most memorable moments of Sean Monaghan's career were in game or in uh, the series against the Anaheim Ducks in 2017. Oh, yeah, dude. The Flames got swept but outplayed the Ducks every single game and Monaghan was so fucking good. Oh, man. He was he looked like Joe Noonday, right? Yeah, he scored four goals in four games. Looked so good in that game. Yep. Looked like, hey, this is the guy who's going to freaking take us to the, the next like a Stanley Cup maybe. But they got swept. It was such a shitty series. Man, he was good in that playoff series, though. Man, the uh, we've sure wasted some talent with these two fucking lame ass coaches, eh? Yeah, those coaches killed. That's the, that's prick, dude. Like the fact you wasted prime Gaudreau, prime Monahan, prime Geo, prime Brody. See, that's why we've been so hard on Bradtree living. Yeah, those are his hires. So, but, but he's got Daryl now. So fuck. 
frick, dude, imagine if we had Daryl five years ago. Imagine if instead of hiring Gullets in the well, was Daryl still on our contract then? Probably. Imagine if instead of screwing out Jeff Ward for a two half seasons, you hired Daryl right off the hop. Hey folks, support for the Hockey Podcast Network comes from DraftKings Sportsbook. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook this summer. They have a promo going on where new customers can get a risk-free bet up to a thousand bucks. So you can make your first bet up to a thousand bucks, and if you don't win, you get another shot to cash in. So you can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, everything. There's parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders. I will pretend I know what any of those things are. But if you do know what those things are, there's tons of betting options for you. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN to make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That promo code is THPN. Only DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. All right, well... uh... Like uh, another crazy... Like Sean Monahan... Just a few more fun stats. Between 2015 and 2020, before he fell off a cliff, he was fifth in the entire league in game-winning goals. Fuck. The top five are Brad Marchand, Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, Nikita Kucherov, Sean Monaghan. Never heard of those guys. Yeah. He was so clutch. Doesn't he hold the record for the Chicago Flames franchise for most overtime goals scored? Dude, this is making me so sad. I know. Remember how good this guy was. Used to be you're, me. You're, you're not crying, are you? Used to be me. I used hey, to score if I, goals. If I there's used to anybody play, uh, <laughs> on top of above the fourth line. Used to be me. Because if you go to like the Flames DB page now, it's just like frick or the hockey reference page. It's just all guys who don't play for us ever. That's what's gonna be weird about that. That's maybe where I'm kind of feeling not uneasy, but just like having trouble letting go of everybody is like Okay, it takes a long time for you to build up like favorite players. It's like 10, nine years of Sean Monahan, eight years Johnny Gaudreau, six years Matthew Kachuk, you know? Now it's like, who am I supposed to cheer for? It's like, sure, Kadri's cool and Huberto seems cool. and But it's like you don't have a favorite anymore right now. I mean, it, pro- it probably won't take long, I guess. Eh? All the favorites are gone. It's probably not going to take long. It's not going to take long, dude. Nature reports vacuum is gonna fucking you're gonna have a favorite fucking one week into the season. <laughs> that's true. Oh, John, that's why that's why there's so much dude. How great is this fucking season gonna be? Watching it canceled I, though. I, eh? Yeah, probably we'll be screwed. We'll be right up before the playoffs. That'll get canceled. Just a few last little Sean Monahan things for you. He leaves the Flames as the eighth highest goal scorer in franchise history with 212 goals. Isn't that sad? Since his 200 200th goal, remember against Montreal. In the bubble, he's only scored 12 goals since then. That's sad. That's pretty sad. Dude, it's been a sad ending for Sean and Sam. The other crazy stat, again, clutch. He's third all-time on the Calgary Flames in game-winning goals. Behind only Theo Fleury and Jerome McGinley. First in overtime goals? I don't know about overtime goals. That's got to be true. I'll see if I can find it here. That's got to be true. That was definitely a stat for sure. I think that was a stat because since three on three came along, it was just yeah. a way higher. Clip, well, right? like I said, when you we were talking about Johnny, it's like you go watch some of those old highlights of him and, Mon- him and Monaghan tearing it up in overtime. I almost want to go back and just watch three on three highlights when those two were going off. I know. Literally, so they were the Connor McDavid and fucking Leon Dreisel 
pre them happening. Yeah, totally. Like they owned right. like there was a while. I think there was a stat there was like him and Brody and okay, it was Brody. like twenty two fucking wins in a row or some shit. Yeah, they had like the highest. It was crazy. They were Percentage. so good. Like eighty, they would fucking win it like in the eight eight hundred percentage. Like, remember when you just start that overtime and it's Monahan throws out? You're like, this is gonna be, this is gonna be, gonna be awesome. Yeah, fuck, those are the days. Used to be me. Used to be me. That used to be us. Used to be us, John, and uh, now we're both like, isn't it? It's just weird. It feels like that first season of Game of Thrones where it's like every all the main characters are just scattered across the face of the earth. Chuck's in full, like our freaking fan favorites for years are in Florida, Columbus, and freaking Montreal. And Seattle? Oh, no, we're in Toronto now. <laughs> Toronto. Oh, yeah, I forgot about you. Don't forget about me, guys. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, man. This is so interesting. It's crazy. And again, this like, is like, I just, I said, I don't have, I, I keep, Starting sentences, and then I'm like, I don't even really know what I'm talking about because it's you so imagine, insane. Imagine if someone's like, "Hey, just so you know, this is going to happen in the off season." Like, like I say, last year, you're going to lose Monty, Johnny. It's like Monty. It's like Johnny. Or even before Geo, you're going to lose Geo, like Monty, like Chucky, like Johnny, eh? And Sam. Oh yeah. Don't forget about. Gone. Don't forget old Sammy boy. He was part of that fucking club. Yep. Totally gone. All gone. Must have just trade back one. Just for the hell of it. Yeah, just do it. Just to make the complete. Just to make Rebound. the trifecta complete. No, you need him three. But it is crazy. Like, I'm just, I, I'm even trying to think, like, of GMs who have been through a period where they literally, all of the core players are gone. You can't think of any. That's a lot of pizza, bro. How much pizza has Brad eaten during this tenure? It's a lot of fucking pizza. Dude, every time I see him, I'm like, he looks unwell. Well, he's been stressed out. You can't. How could you be this mad 24-7 and look healthy? Dude, I, for one, I, for one, love it. But, Dude, can you imagine how mad that he was after that John, after Johnny dipped? What do you think he did? I, I, I would have like, loved what? to have what I would have mad Brad do. He just sits there and fucking there's steam come up his ears. But he's like, he channeled it all into fucking this. Thank God. Dude, it's literally the Phoenix rising from the ashes, dude. Got literally punched or kicked. He's right freaking the Gandalf the White right now. There you go. You have no it cannot be here, Gandalf the Grey. <laughs> eh? <laughs> God damn it. That's right. Holy fuck. It's exactly what it is. It's like he was Boston Tree Living or Boston Pizza Jr. What is he now? You it's have freaking... no power here, Boston Pizza Jr. <laughs> fucking comes. <laughs> oh my God. Fucking comes back just, I don't even know. <laughs> oh man. I mean, good on him. Like, like I said, like this has been unprecedented. I don't even know what to make of all this. Like, how do you even, how do you even react to this? Right. The only the only reaction I have at this point is don't stop now. You're yeah, like exactly. one more, you're one more step away from fucking perfection, bro. You are he's like pitching a perfect game right now. Dude, just yeah, he's, he's one like step away one from, out from like freaking yeah. doing it. 
from fucking just dropping the mic and he said, We'll see you next. We'll see you next offseason. Hey, I'm just gonna go watch. I'm gonna chill in Florida and watch the season from there. I'm done. He's like Thanos. It's like if okay, Brad, just like sign Milano or get one more guy, and then you can rest on a grateful universe. There you go. Till they come for you. <laughs> All right, man. Anything else on Monty? Love the flow. Love the the smile. Uh, love the... Yeah, you love the freaking Monahan. Like was, again, I think the was... thing that bums me out the most is like those guys never really had any success while they were here, even though they're our favorite players. Yeah, it's like the only reason we like them is because. They were like nice guys. Yeah, how about that Monty Chucky and Johnny Retro yeah. commercial? They pull up to the dome and mullets driving a fucking sports car and fuck that was funny. Eh? It's retro night. <laughs> it's retro night. I don't know. There's a lot of Sean Monahan memories. I'm probably like I, I I loved watching those guys play hockey for a really long time, and it's a bummer that they never really could make it happen and that they're gone now. Um but I mean, oh, frick, I'm really stoked to start watching hockey. Like, like I think, like I said, kind of off the top of this, I don't know. I've been going all over the place. I haven't been articulating my thoughts very well, but I really do think that in a non bullshit way, because you hear this all the time, right? Like, Oh, they're not built for the playoffs. I really think that this edition specifically like makes you better in a playoff round against the Oilers. Yeah, definitely. I think it does. I don't think you get, I, I, I think it absolutely does. Well, dude, Cody just won a cup. And was a freaking beast on the way to winning that cup. Like, that was the one thing about Chucky is just like, I don't know if he's found his playoff footing yet. And the thing with Johnny was like, I think that is his playoff footing, what we saw. So, and then with Monty, he doesn't even have regular season footing. So, well, yeah, I don't have my hips or my footing or Uh, that. That hip used to. Help me play. That used so, to be it. I'm interesting. To, hey, that used to be a hip. Now it's just a piece of metal. I'm interested to see how this all shakes down. I mean, if we had a dipshit coach still, I would be very worried that this would be like, okay, there might be chemistry. Nobody's going to know what to do. But like you said, Daryl Sutter has this well oiled machine running up and running. And I don't think it's going to take long for two pros like Huberto and Codger to get situated into that yeah. situation. So. Yeah. We'll see. I, I'm just there's so much I'm intrigued by. Yeah. And if we missed some uh memories from Sean, we apologize, but this is no longer the fucking Sean Monahan, Johnny Gaudreau, Matthew Kachuk, Mark Giordano, Sam Bennett show. This is the Bradry Living Elephant Balls show. 